0: Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we're taking a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my friend who wishes I would just show him the money, Palmer. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am doing
1: I'm doing well. You didn't want to go with a show me the money kinda kinda intro? No, I figured the intro was gonna be that I complete you and then I was gonna say you had me at hello uh, but you, you screwed that up. Complete me. Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. I thought you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. Oh,
0: suit yourself. Well, I'm easy. <laughs> I wish that was a movie we could we could talk about.
1: Yeah, it's not, is it? No, it's not. No, great film. Great film. I don't think any of his movies have been nominated for Best Picture. I don't think so.
0: Comedies so rarely are, and as we find out when it is a comedy, sometimes it's not that funny.
1: Yeah, this is true. Well, we're
0: here to talk about the films of 1987. No. 1997. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I started I just started watching the eighty seven film, so now that's now what's where my brain is. Yep. I, I know what year we're on. The mission.
1: <laughs>
0: Dang it. <laughs> no wait, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. Does Robert De Niro drive a taxi at one point? No, he doesn't. That's in the seventies. I know. That's actually the next episode. We get two Robert De Niro's. Taxi drivers the
1: eighties? I thought it was the seventies.
0: It is the seventies, so it's so it's no so. It's oh, so 80, we have two episodes in a at, row Robert De, of Robert De Niro. Yeah, uh, sweet. Yeah. Wait, you don't like Robert De Niro? I like I love Robert. De Niro. Oh, okay. I love Robbie Bobby. Bobby, they call him Bob. Yeah, actually, I was very. I was going to tell a Robert De Niro story, but I have two episodes to fill it later. <laughs> Remind me next episode that I, I have, have a Robert De Niro story. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, the ninety-seven best picture nominees right. are Shine. Jerry Maguire, The English Patient, Secret and Lies, and Fargo, what won Best Picture? English Patient. The English Patient won Best Picture, of course, because there's the very good Seinfeld Seinfeld episode (laughs) about everyone seeing The English Patient
1: and Elaine just not getting it. We're not actually going to review The English Patient. We're just going to put in clips of that episode. Why do you gotta say things like that? Because now I gotta go find
0: <laughs> clips of that episode just to put them in, like here. Elaine, I hope you're watching the close because I can't take my eyes off of the bash.
1: No, I I can't do this anymore. I can't. It's too long. Quit telling your stupid story about the stupid desert and just die already. Die Yelaine, you don't like the movie? I hate it! i am going to hell! Why didn't you say so in the first place?
0: You're fired. Great. I'll wait for you outside. You are correct. It is the English patient, and we are going to we are gonna start with Shine, okay. directed by Scott Hicks. Written by Jan Sardi, starring Jeffrey Rush, Armin Mueller-Stahl, Noah Taylor, and Lynn Redgrave for a bit. Um, I watched this movie quite a bit ago for how, like, we've had to yeah, record we, this episode. We, yeah, we've had some... So everything but the English patient is going to be a little. <laughs> I'm glad I took notes. Because it's going to be a little jar. So I'm going to rely on you for some things like names. Uh-huh. Um, I know. Shine is the true story. Yep. Sort of. Of. Sort of? I think it's been, Um, the family came out, or he came out, and said, like, it's not super accurate. Okay. Um,
1: But it is the true story of... David Hel- Helgoth. Helgoth. Sure. It's it's a funny
0: Australian name. Okay, cool. It's the true story of David Helgoth, who is a pianist, and it's kind of his rise to... Rise to uh,
1: fame and glory, but he is stricken with an undisclosed disease. Excellent, because they don't actually name it in the movie. They don't name it in the movie. No, I thought I had I thought I had that will it. be part of my review. So, oh,
0: interesting. Okay, so that's that's basically the movie, and it kind of goes back and forth between the modern day who, Jeffrey Rush, mm-hmm. uh, where he's kind of fallen from grace, and and then it. And then it goes, flashes back to his childhood, and it kind of works its way up. Yeah, that's that's basically the movie. I was actually, I was really looking forward to this movie. I love Jeffrey Rush. He is an incredible actor. This was the actor. movie that kind of put him on the map. Yes, absolutely, the movie that put him on yeah. the map. He's an excellent actor. He, he can do anything that he puts his mind to. Mm-hmm. That being said, did not love this movie.
1: Okay, Why not? I
0: thought that I didn't like the way the story was delivered
1: the the constant flashing back and forth
0: yeah it was a little i i would have kind of preferred i would have preferred either just tell me the story with jeffrey rush as opposed to the child actor or right. the younger actor or or just tell it in a linear fashion because i I guess that's part that's just partly on me, I was really i because I love Jeffrey rush so much i you wanted want to more, i yeah. wanted more of him than it's, I got in this d- film especially did he he won he won for this yeah supporting or uh, best, no, best actor. actor which is weird because he's not in it that much yeah i agree i agree he's excellent in this film he
1: is um i whenever I watch movies, especially when I'm doing it for this show. I watch the movies with subtitles on. Mm-hmm. Um I can hear I can hear good, but I always like to make sure I know what I'm hearing and I and I read it at the same time. Sure. Um but like thank god I had the the closed captioning on because he just talks so fast in this movie. Right. That like I think at one point the closed captioning just had a question mark.
0: Really? It was like we don't yeah, actually know. we don't know. We
1: we don't know. know. I um yeah. yeah, so all right, I see your points mm-hmm. for this movie. My, my biggest issues with this movie and this kind of all kind of ties in together. Kind of like what you're saying, you didn't like the constant back and forth. I feel like this movie doesn't know which story it wants to tell. Interesting. Um you have the you have the story of him kind of having to an extent, an overbearing father mm-hmm. who wants him to 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 become a really good pianist, but he wants him to do it his way. And he doesn't want him to leave home. He gets a he gets an invitation to go abroad, to go to school. And his father doesn't want him to go. And in fact, he prevents him from going to America. But later on, he has to let him go to the you know, he doesn't he tries to stop him from going to college in England as well but he kind of just leaves home. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a contention between the, the two uh, from there on out. Th- so this movie has two different story arcs to me. One, him dealing, him coming of age and kind of becoming a great pianist. Learning, especially learning the piece that his father wanted him to learn from the beginning, mm-hmm. which was, um, the, uh, not Bach, Bach. Um, begins with an R. Rachmaninoff. Rachmaninoff. Um so, so that's what his father wants him to learn. He goes abroad and is gonna be in this um he's gonna be in this uh contest in the college and he wants to learn Rachmaninoff. He wants to show his father that he learned it and that he nailed it and even sends his father a a recording mm-hmm. of it. Um so after and we've already we spoil everything in these things. So if you haven't seen it, too bad. Uh, after, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Spoilers. The, uh-huh. Yeah. After the contest, after he's done playing Rachmaninoff, he collapses. And the next scene you see him, he's laid out on a table. He's hooked up to a battery for some reason. Here is where they never tell you what's wrong with him. I know what's wrong with him, if you'd like me to
0: tell yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, he, he had a breakdown, and it was due to schizoaffective disorder. Okay. Which is characterized by abnormal thought processes and deregulated emotions. Okay. The diagnosis made with the person has features of both schizophrenia and mood disorder, either
1: bipolar disorder or depression. Okay. So there you go. So they show essentially what's what is the first symptom Mm -hmm. because before that he seems like a normal boy, like very quiet, but still normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you start seeing the symptom when he collapses and him getting worked on, but then that's it. Right. So then they jump to, then his kind of story is kind of over uh, as the young person. You, you, you get more of Jeffrey rush where it's him kind of coming back to the piano after so many years. So I think there's the two different movies is him learning the piano and and winning that, and then him having to deal to live with this sort of psychological disease. Yep. And I thought I was going to get the psychological disease movie, and I didn't. And it just kind of glosses over it in my mind. I definitely
0: agree with that. I I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I didn't know anything about this movie going into it apart that apart from Jeffrey Rush plays a pianist. I didn't even know it was right. a true story until I, in, until I watched the film.
1: Yeah, I knew it was a true story and I actually thought he was uh, I thought he was an autistic pianist.
0: Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, but I was wrong. You were wrong. How does that feel? How does that make you feel?
1: Well, it's not a sensation I'm used to dealing with.
0: This is not true, but I'll let you believe that is true. Maybe I'm part of the problem here, just letting you believe these things.
1: Um, um, go ahead, go ahead. What were we gonna say? So, I mean, the movies, the movies, okay. Uh, I believe I gave it two stars out of five. Um,
0: you know, that's not normally a good score.
1: Well, two and a half is average, so yeah. two is slightly a, it's slightly below average. I'm not say, like I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's bad. Jeffrey Rush is a good reason to see this movie, mm-hmm. um, and the the nice piano work. Like he did Agreed. his he did his own uh, hand doubling. Did he? Yes, he actually used to uh, play piano. He learned to piano up until the age of fourteen. Wow! And then went back for this movie. To that's kind of... crazy
0: because those pieces, Rachmaninoff, is so hard. Yeah. As I'm a pianist myself, and I was really impressed with. I'm impressed with David Helfgott as it is, but that's an for him to ha- do his own work, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't know
1: if he did that specific one. Like, I'm sure they had a different body double for some of the more complex pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so when he goes back to piano as as Jeffrey Rush, when he goes back to the piano and he's in his, like, run-down apartment and he's playing the piano, um, do you know the song that he starts playing at the beginning? Honestly, I saw this weeks ago. I don't remember. <laughs> I believe it's the Hungarian Rhapsody. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as I heard the song, I never, I never knew the title of the song, but as soon as I heard the song, I instantly remember, like, I instantly went back to another movie that I first heard this piece from, and it was the dueling pianos scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Daffy and a, Donald are playing on the I have a
0: vague memory of that. I haven't yeah. seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit in its entirety since I was a very small
1: child. Um, I probably see. I've probably seen it after, after the fact. Well, we used to put it in at the store. Um, but and by the
0: store, he means the blockbuster to which we both work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but context I, for people who don't
1: know us. Well, they should be listening to every episode. <laughs> uh, but you know them them playing that. I just love that scene because like Daffy and Donald are like hitting themselves with cannons and everything while they're trying mm-hmm. to play the song. It's very it's very funny. Fun facts though. I already told you about Jeffrey Rush yes. playing his uh, own D- body. That's a fun fact. The person who played the the middle uh, the middle David. Mm-hmm. He was Mr. Bucket in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, I know this guy. And the person I thought Oh, it was, I did know that, actually. Yeah. So uh, he played. So Mr. Bucket Mr. Bucket plays the, the middle uh, David. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact about his acting career, yeah. aside from him playing Mr. Bucket, he's twice played Hitler. Really? Yes. He played Hitler on an episode of Preacher.
0: Oh, recent.
1: Yep. And he played Hitler in a movie uh, called Max with John Cusack. Uh, it, was, it flew. It very f- much flew under the radar. It's Clearly, a good movie. Yeah. Um, but it's about how Hitler was a, um, a painter beforehand and what kind of prompted him to go the op- huh. opposite way.
0: That's crazy. I didn't know that. I've seen that guy in other things when he popped up on screen. I went, oh, yeah. It's one of those actors we go, oh, yeah, this guy. He was also in Vanilla Sky. Yeah, that's not the thing I remember him from. Well, you should. Okay, great. Do you have any other fun facts? No. Okay, then let's move on to our next movie, which is Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, directed by Cameron Crowe and written by Cameron Crowe, starring Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., Renee Zellweger, and Kelly Preston. This is the film about Jerry Maguire, a sports agent who one day grows a conscience and decides to branch out and start his own company. Um, Well. And decides I mean, he was fired. (laughs) Yeah. And goes and branches (laughs) his own company. And the one person who will go with him. Is a fish. Is Renee Zellweger after he decides to take the fish. The fish is taken by force because he kind of writes this manifesto about how mission we, statement, yeah, 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 mission statement. Oh, he keeps saying it was a mission yeah. statement. You're right, yeah. About this mission statement, you know, he writes this mission statement. He gives to everybody, and everyone laughs at it and says this is no good. Except for Renee Zellweger, who says I'm going to go. Who has the cutest kid in the whole world? She's a widow. Hey. Widow? Yes, she is yeah. a widow. She's a widow, and really banks on Jerry. In You know, like following through with this mission statement of being a good person and, you know, giving the focus to the player in that one player is Cuba Gooding
1: Jr. Uh, it's all football all the time. Palmer, take it away. So this is a movie that I had seen before and several times like I could have I could have done my review of this movie without rewatching it. But I still did because I had the time. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> this was like the last movie I saw, so I'm like, if I if I don't get to it, I can I can kind of breeze through this. So you're a fan of Jerry Maguire? I I do. I I'm a fan of Cameron Crow. Okay. Uh, he's done. Give me some other Cameron Crow. He did say anything? The Crow. No. no. Uh, no. say anything? Uh, singles. Elizabeth Town, which I love. Not too many people like is it, that but Orlando I do. Orlando Bloom
0: and Kirsten Dunst. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I. That's the blockbuster
1: knowledge, baby. <laughs> I believe he also did the the Vanilla Sky, which I love. I really love Vanilla Sky. I can honestly say
0: that this is the only Cameron Crowe movie I've seen. Wait, what was the first one you said? Oh no! Say I've seen. Anything. I've seen. Say every, yeah. I've seen. Say
1: usually, his movies have really, really good soundtracks, and mm. it's usually like Bob Dylan and that sort of thing. Boom, this boom, I don't boom, think had a a good soundtrack for his movies. It was fine. It was uh, fine. It was, it, it was it, okay. It but I've, I've definitely heard better. Sure, fit the movie. Yeah, um, but I do really like this movie. It's a love story, which I t- I tend to like, and it's kind of set against the backdrop of sports. World War Two. Oh no. So it's. I was actually thinking it was funny because, like, how many how many guys I know that hate romantic movies that love this movie just because it has a sport ball in it. Mm. That's a good. That's that's a good point.
0: It's kind of something for everyone. Yeah. I I really enjoyed Jerry Maguire. There are a lot of famous things that come from Jerry Maguire that people maybe say even if they haven't seen the film anymore. Like, show me the money. You complete me. You had me at hello. These are all very. The these, human head weighs eight pounds. Yeah. These are all zeitgeist things. Yeah. You know, People say them without remembering that they're from Jerry Maguire or having never seen it themselves. Or they've only seen those parts. Yeah. And misinterpret the film for its whole. I, I enjoyed this film. I don't know if it's Oscar nominated worthy kind of film. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's, it's a good. I finished it and I said this is a good movie. I really enjoyed it.
1: Everyone is good in it. Yeah, I think it's smartly written. Mm-hmm. The the characters have very clear arcs. Yes, uh,
0: that's true. Especially Jerry, certainly.
1: Es- especially Jerry.
0: I think Cuba Gooding Jr.'s
1: character actually has a has a good arc too. Yes. Um, it's funny, I was thinking throughout most of the movie with Jerry Maguire, uh, his his arc, he writes this 28-page mission statement, mm-hmm. which is essentially we should have less clients so he can give more personal attention. That's right. Less clients means less money, and that's why he gets fired, um, which, uh, one fun fact, Cameron Crowe actually wrote out all 28 pages of the mission statement. Really? Yes. That's
0: that's a lot of work that nobody saw. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows it's there. That's true. And I guess in some ways Tom Cruise knew it was there because Tom Cruise is that kind of actor that's right. gonna, gonna read, to read those them. twenty right. he's gonna read those twenty eight pages. So
1: he comes up with this mission statement, less less people, more personal touch. Uh, he gets fired. So he tries to get his entire client list. Mm-hmm. The only one that goes with them is Cuba Gooding Junior., so he's kind of forced down this path of the mission statement. Gotcha. And he, I'm saying, gotcha. Like I, I'm like, yeah. I didn't know that. He's trying to be that guy, but I don't think he knows exactly how to go about it. And Renee Zellweger is always kind of trying to keep him on the track, mm-hmm. on the right track. And that's and that's how their romance blossoms. I like Tom Cruise. I I like him as an actor. I know he can kind of fall into the thing of he plays Tom Cruise. And I think that this movie kind of gave him a jumping-off point to his, um, his declaration of loving Katie Holmes on Oprah when he was jumping up and down on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like, that seemed to me like a very Jerry Maguire thing. Sure. So you think that
0: this is maybe his most Tom Cruisey role.
1: Yes, but I really love how he does this role. Okay. And I think it's a little bit different than what we had seen from him in the past. Now, I know he doesn't win Best Actor. Cuba Gooding does win for Best Supporting Actor. You stole my information. Yeah, you're welcome. You're, yeah, whatever. And, whatever. And I, I, think, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is well-deserved. I don't know who he was up against that year. Allow me to check, but he um he does very good at playing this at playing the football player who has a rather large chip on his shoulder, and it's really one of those cases where um like an actor he was he was a known actor, but he put on a great performance, and that was the last time we like ever heard of him putting on that great of a performance
0: mm. Yeah, he's always good, though. I mean, like he's always good. But the following year, he's in as good as it gets, which is a great performance from him as well. Smaller, but good. But I
1: feel like he's just kind of retreading Rod Tidwell. That's definitely true. You know. Okay, so here are the nominees: Mm -hmm. William H. Macy
0: for Fargo, Edward Norton for Primal Fear, James Woods for Ghosts of Mississippi, and Armin Mueller-Stahl for Shine. Wow. Yes, yeah, see, that's a really good lineup. That is. And so I'm like, Cuba Gooding was good.
1: Whew. But he wasn't, say, William H. Macy in Fargo. We got William H. Macy in Fargo. We got Ed Norton in his breakthrough role from Primeval, mm-hmm. uh, Primal Fear. Primal Fear, which was awesome. Um, you know, out of everybody in that category, because I've seen now, I've seen all the movies. Out of everybody in that category, I probably give it to James Woods for Ghosts of Mississippi. Mm, unpopular opinion, um, with James Woods there, but I would. James, we don't. We're not supposed to
0: like James Woods, right? Is that right? I I don't know. We're not supposed to like his character in that movie. Okay, well that's fine. Um, I thought there was a thing we weren't supposed to like James Woods anymore.
1: Oh, there there probably is, but as we kind of stated. Like this show is just about the the, the quality per, the perform- of the, the of the quality of the performance. Um. So based on performance, I would have given it to him because I really love Ghost of Mississippi. Mm. Um. Well, that's it. After we finish all the Academy movies, we can go back into
0: just the best supporting actors. <laughs> uh, okay. No, because I'm not watching some of these movies twice. No. <laughs> no. No, oh no, This show's done when we're done with Best <laughs> Picture. This is the then it's the, on
1: to Tony Rewind. Oh
0: no, this is the <laughs> undertaking of the century. Can you imagine trying to do like the Emmys Rewound or something like that? Oh God, no! It would take forever. Yeah, it would. Yeah. So ultimately, I really, enjoy, I really enjoyed Jerry Maguire. I, I can see why it didn't get any other awards besides Cuba mm-hmm. uh, or Cuba, Cuba, uh, Cuba. I can, I can see why, uh, but. But ultimately it was a it was a good movie, and I think i I'm big on to did it make it into the culture and In, it did and it definitely did yeah. it definitely did and, and it's, it's still there absolutely
1: so so good on you, Jerry Maguire. Give me some fun facts. Fun facts. Uh, I already told you about the mission statement being fully written. Mm-hmm. this movie not counting actors, not counting actors, has a connection. To a Steven Spielberg movie you absolutely love, Jaws. No, Jurassic Park. No, Sugarland
0: Express. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, uh, Close Encounters. No, it's the fact that you haven't come up
1: with it yet is. Really I like a lot of Steven Spielberg right. movies, but this one, like you particularly
0: love, Indiana Jones.
1: This is just getting frustrating. Hook. <laughs> okay, great.
0: I love <laughs> Hook. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> so I was just going to
1: go through all
0: of the movies
1: eventually, <laughs> even the ones that I don't really care for. So at the end of the movie, they're walking through the park, mm-hmm. um, and Jonathan Lipnicki picks up a a baseball because it was hit out of uh, out of a baseball diamond. He throws it back into the diamond. That field is the same baseball field from Hook. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: The one where he does not go to his kid's game. Right. I was just thinking about that scene not too long ago. That's really weird. It is. Well, maybe you should get to more of your kids' baseball games. Look, it's not my fault they don't tell me
1: they're my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and <laughs> you know, then another, I don't know where to go with that. Then another fun fact. Uh, Tom Cruise had actually forgotten Bonnie Hunt was in Rain Man. And did not believe her when she had told him that they had, that they had previously worked together. God, that sounds like such a '90s Tom Cruise thing to do. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness!
1: Um, that's all the that's that was the best of the fun facts for for Jerry Maguire. But it was definitely good. Um, I actually went back because uh, we actually stopped for a minute to eat. Mm-hmm. I went back. Shine. I actually gave two and a half stars. So oh, I, okay. I hate it. I had it right around the middle. This I would give about three, maybe three and a half. Um, I I really like Cameron Crowe's writing Okay And he hasn't really done a movie that I've disliked Sure That I can think of right now Okay Um, But other than that I think this is one of Tom Cruise's best acting I don't know if I believe Actually, no He really is good
0: in this movie I'll go with you on that I'll go with you on that All right. Next up The lesser known film uh, of the pack Secrets and Lies Secrets and Lies directed by Mike Leigh, written by Mike Leigh, starring Timothy Spall, Brenda, Brenda Blithen, Phyllis Logan, Claire Rushbrook, Mary and Jean Baptiste. And this is a film about a woman whose mother passes away and she um, she's adopted. and so she she goes to search out for her her real family mm. or at least their her real parents and she discovers that this woman is a um kind of an upstanding citizen of London she's an optometrist she's doing very well for herself and she discovers that her family is or her birth mother is very not i guess not I, I wouldn't say not upstanding she's a good person it's just you know she, they just
1: it's culturally, it's very, culturally
0: different. very different. It's upper class, lower class. It's it's um it's black and white. And it's all these different. It's all these different. It's all these different things. And so the film is really about the the daughter and the birth mother kind of forming this relationship, and then the mother having this kind of weird crisis about it, and that she like can't keep the secret and kind of has to tell everybody. Right. And so that... I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I would. I think it just took a little while to get going. Mm-hmm. But once the once the daughter and the mother formed a relationship... Right. And they kind of kept rolling with that, I, I was there. For, I was kind of there for it. I, I wrote down a couple of things. I, I liked... Um, there's a quote from Timothy Spall. I think he, I think it's Timothy Spall it says we're all in pain. Why can't we share each other's pain? And I liked that very mm-hmm. much because yeah. he because the whole family's kind of like holding on to their own their own stories, their own secrets, whatever. And so it's not really about like I have also had a love child or I'm having an affair or, you know, it's it's. I wouldn't say their their secrets are smaller than that, but it's not about, like, the disintegration of the family. It's about bringing each other closer together. Mm -hmm. It felt like a movie that should have been a play and not a movie. Does that make sense? Like, I think the whole movie could have been done at the birthday party, which is, like, the last act of the movie. And all of the information that you get from the first two-thirds of the film could have been just all placed in that. I think that's a better movie. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I liked I thing. It was well acted. It was weird. To it, see was, Timothy it was Small well acted. young. I haven't like, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him play anything under 50. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, oh my God, you're like 35 here. It was amazing. Um, hmm, Maybe
1: 40. So uh, I did not like this movie. I didn't think that you would. I, my thought process watching this movie for one, this holds the record for how many times I've time checked a movie. Ooh, that's like there were. That's impressive, considering the English patient. Was... There were like five or six times, and it was within like a ten minute span. Like that's wow. how slow this movie felt to me. And my thought process after during watching this movie and afterwards is when when did Lifetime movies get get eligible for? for best picture nomination. It is not a lifetime movie, good sir. No, it's it a really foreign is. film.
0: I think it has that quality. I recently saw a tweet that somebody said um, Lifetime movies are just Disney movies like Disney Channel original movies for adults. Yeah, Frank.
1: Was tw- that Frank? Yeah that Frank tweeted that. Oh good for Frank. Yeah. It's a, it's bad dis like bad Disney movies. Ch- bad for Disney adults. Channel yeah, original movies. Yeah. yeah. Now
0: but, I don't think this was a I don't think this was a Lifetime movie,
1: not uh, the dis-Lifetime movies, but, you know. I, I kind of—it uh, had the very sort of, like, very over-the-top melodrama sure. of a Lifetime movie to me. Uh, but I think, as we said, if the, if you take that birthday party, the last act, mm-hmm. and blow that up as the movie— In which, like, during the party, like, all these kind of secrets come out. Then I think I'm more on board. You're right. The movie does take a long time to get going. And Brenda Blethen plays the mother, right? Yes. Her voice in this just goes through me. Just that high-pitched cockney. Which is weird because, like, that was what she did for this movie. Because I've seen her. She did... Pride and Prejudice, and mm-hmm. I don't remember her voice being like that. So it's not... but she was a
0: different class in Pride and Prejudice, right?
1: So I'm so I'm just saying like her character in this because I would feel bad if that was like her normal voice. Sure, like the voice just kind of goes through me, but the high pitched voice I I just couldn't I couldn't deal with because I've and I've seen her do better voices, um, but that was what she chose for the character and it it worked. She won an award. She didn't win an Oscar, though. No? No. Nope. Okay. No, this movie
0: didn't win anything. I can see why it was nominated almost. It has that. Because it's British. No, I was going to say because it's like it's well plotted and there, it's it's switching up the norms because the, the well-to-do woman is black and the family is white and they're the working class. And everyone in the 90s is like, oh, my God, yeah, they've subverted expectations. Um, it has that kind of thing going for it, mm-hmm. I, but I don't think it – I think there are parts of it that definitely hold up. And I'm telling you, as a play – just the third act, and you add some of the information in as it goes. As Absolutely. the people I, find out, this thing would be amazing.
1: I I really liked the the birthday party. Mm-hmm. The birthday party I thought was written very well, and it's and it's done well. I didn't care for the other two hours of the movie that I had before that. Mm-hmm. I think the even the way it's shot, it's very
0: it's a it's a lot of extended sequences, and so the camera isn't really moving, and it's just letting. It's just letting the it's just letting the actors act and that's yeah. where I kinda got the idea for the like the play. Mm-hmm. And I like that because sometimes cuts interrupt how characters are responding to one another. And so you're almost missing their real acting yeah. because it required actors need to act off of one another. And so that bit I that bit I liked. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make for a dynamic film at the same time.
1: Right. Um well, let's find out what I have for fun fact because this is my favorite fun fact of the of the night. Oh, okay. And this fun fact could very well uh, break this tie. You really like the movie. I really dislike it. Okay. The Heaven's Gate cult. Oh goodness! Saw this movie oh, shortly goodness. before committing. Before <laughs> trying to catch the hail Bob comet. I don't think
0: those things are related. Uh, They could be, though. That actually makes this movie just a little bit better. (laughs) Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, that that would have been the right time, I guess. Yeah. And um, what a
1: weird movie to go out on. Yeah. It doesn't say, like, how close the two events happen. It's just that they did watch this movie shortly before. How, does, how do we know that? I'm sure somebody wrote it in a
0: diary. I guess. Just saw <laughs> Secrets and Lies. Now going outside. Now making See you later. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So weird. So weird. Do you have anything else to add on Secrets and Lies? Yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, not for you. Definitely not for everybody. But I I if you enjoy slow melodrama, I guess if, if it's you... for you.
1: Enjoy very, very British things because they do kind of hammer home that it's a British film because every five minutes they're like, would you like a cup of tea? Because we're British. We need to drink tea. Well, they do. I I know. But like I've I think they reference tea more times than the entire Downton Abbey series. Well, sure. (laughs) That's actually and and (laughs)
0: Mrs. Hughes was in this as we as we know. Yep. Yep. She's great. Anyway, Fargo was our next film, directed and written by the Coen brothers, starring William H. Macy, Francis McDormand, Steve Buscemi, and Peter Stormare. Uh, This is the story of William H. Macy, who really needs some money, and so he concocts this plan to have his wife and children? No, just wife. Just wife kidnapped. And held for ransom, and then his father-in-law is wealthy, and so he was going to get the money – he was going to try to get the money from him, and everything just kind of goes awry. This is also based on a true story. No, Which, it's
1: it's really not.
0: It's I mean, not? Did they just say that? They, I am
1: very positive that this is not based on a true story. Did
0: you look it up? I did not. Could you... I'm going to look it up right now. Because okay. don't tell me this is not based on a true story and they just lied to me. Check Wikipedia because there's nothing about it on IMDb. Fargo true story. Let's find out how much of Fargo is based on a true story well, after all. Well, there is a Fargo in North Dakota. Uh, in the recent interview... Set the record straight about what Fargo is and what it isn't. Ethan Cohen first explained why the pair added the true story disclaimer to the film saying, we wanted to make a movie just in the genre of a true story movie. We don't have to have a true story to make it a true story. (laughs) But it turns out that Fargo may be more realistic than you think. There are actually two little elements of the story were based on real events. One of them is the fact that there was a guy in the 60s or 70s who was gunning up serial, gumming up serial numbers for cars and defrauding the General Motors Finance Corporation. There was no kidnapping. There was no murder. It was just a guy defrauding the GM Finance Corporation at some point. Cohen continued, the other thing based on something real, there was a murder in Connecticut where a man killed his wife and disposed of her body, put her into a wood chipper, but beyond that the story is made up.
1: Okay, that's what okay. I thought. Okay, I did not know that. Like the two things that were... The two things that were, like, based on a true story, mm-hmm. I would also be kind of hard-pressed to say, like, they knew about it ahead of time. It just happened that those, like, those two things had happened at some point in Well, history.
0: one was in the 60s and 70s. But, I mean, like, you can hear something on the news and go, oh, I'll use that yeah. element in a story. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so, I don't know if that makes it. It's like... It still makes it fine. I mean, <laughs> I think it's actually now hilarious that those are the two things that, like based on a true story, and they're completely separate from one another. They have yeah. nothing to. I. That's even better to me. I had never seen Fargo before. Okay, I've been How'd meaning like to it? watch Fargo for years. Yeah, I mean, did you watch the show? Right? No, I have nothing, not watched okay. the show, but I am definitely going to now that I have. Uh,
1: from my understanding, the show is nothing like the movie.
0: That's okay. The show is much more drama. Uh, that's not. I loved the comedy of this film. I'm not a huge Coen Brothers fan, but I loved this.
1: Really? Because every Coen Brothers movie that I know you've seen, you've liked. Okay, tell me some. Uh, Fargo. Yep. And Hail Caesar. Okay, so two movies. Yeah. Give me some more Coen Brothers movies. Uh, I couldn't do that off the top of my head. Uh, oh. Hudsucker Proxy. Nope. No, that's pretty good. Nope. I've oh, No seen... Country for Old Men.
0: It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, True Grit. It's fine. You know what it is? I like their comedy. Yeah, I think. I like their style of comedy. Those are all good movies. They're really well-made mm-hmm. movies. I just like their comedy, which is why I think I liked Hail Caesar
1: cuz it's really dry. Oh wait, but you didn't like um the the one based on the Odyssey. Oh brother, we are that. No, I don't yeah. like
0: that movie. I don't know why. I yeah, neither know, do cause I. Cuz I like the Odyssey. Like I I do like that movie. I know a lot of people who like that movie. I know that I'm in a very... I don't love it. I, I like it. I'm in a small camp. Maybe I just watched it at a time when I wasn't interested. Yeah. So you know how some directors or some writers, you just have to be in a mood for that particular thing. <laughs> and I just hit it where I, I was in a mood for Fargo, but I wasn't in a mood for Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah. Which is very possible. It's fine. But I I, I loved, as I, as soon as William H. Macy showed up in the restaurant, and the conversation, or the casino, or whatever, and uh, and the the whole conversation is, oh well, he told me seven. Oh well, well we heard eight. Oh well, you know I only heard seven. So well you, oh but I'm here now. So you bet you we can get we can get going. And I, oh my God, I. I was I was on board, yeah, because that's my style of comedy, and it just kept getting better for me. Plus, I love these actors. I love William H Macy. Frances McDormand was unbelievably good. She won Best Actress for this movie, totally Mm -hmm. deserving. And um, you know, Peter Stormare and Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, yeah, it's so good, just so um ridiculous. Was Peter, was Peter the father of the Russian or the other the, Swedish uh, the, guy? The other the, the Swedish guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he um, famously got eaten by tiny dinosaurs in the Lost World, okay. and he tried to win the affection of his wife back in Chocolat. And he played uh, Satan in Constantine. Oh, nice! Yeah, there you go. So you do. You really like this movie?
1: I really like this movie. This is not a movie for you yes and no okay okay I like the characters okay sure I think this movie has very distinct and really well written characters mm-hmm. I think the Coens do that well yes um and if i remember correctly one of the things was the co oh like um Francis mcnorman's character and her husband mm-hmm. the Cohens had them come up with backstories oh good for each of the character for each of the characters to to kind of get in touch with them Mm -hmm. um so i don't think (sighs) Frances mcdormand doesn't do much in this movie i think it takes her a little while to show up but she is kind of the
0: once she does she's the driving force of the investigation and so yeah and, and so but i i think this is a movie of circumstance it's not like it doesn't it's not that it doesn't have a plot it certainly ha- it certainly does it, it has
1: it has a very it has a very
0: fluid plot it's about it's about the unraveling of, of, of uh, a plot of the plot yeah. and so and I think that is done really well without it looking like she's stumbling into something mm-hmm. you know it doesn't make her look like an idiot that she you know she's smart and she knows that she's got to figure something out and but um it really is like William H. Macy being his own worst enemy, yeah, and it's hilarious to me. It was hilarious. I think it's also really, really beautiful uh, in its own, like, okay, some like the road shots. I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. want to say like the town or his like office at the car, you know, like. But I think that it's it's kind of weirdly haunting in its own in its own way. It looks like it could be a horror movie, but it's not. You know what I mean, right. And I, I really, I really liked all of it. I was, I was totally blown away. Like as soon as I finished it, I like, I wanted to watch it again.
1: Yeah, I really like William H Macy in this movie. He's great. He's as we he's saw, really as we good. heard, nominated Best Supporting didn't yeah. win. Um, I like Steve Buscemi. I, I, I like the father. Mm-hmm. I think Francis, while I, Francis McDormand plays her part well. She always does. But she's I don't good. think there's anything special there. Mm, okay. I
0: think that she f- fully embodies the character in what she's supposed to be. Okay. Because I've seen her play. I mean, we've seen her play other things before, and yeah, this we, was not. Just, this past year, we saw her in Seven Billboards. Three Billboards. Or three Billboards. <laughs> seven Billboards. <laughs> That's a lot of Billboards. That's a lot of Billboards. <laughs> <laughs> three Billboards. And they're polar opposite characters. You know, yes. It, so one is one is very much gruff and in your face. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and her character in Fargo is, I wouldn't say sweet, but she's kind of sweet. In you know, like oh yeah, no baby's coming along. Oh you betcha. Mm-hmm. I couldn't not do the accent. The accent yeah. after watching this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You oh, betcha. Oh you betcha. Yeah, he's coming along nice. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great accent.
1: It's it's great. It's a, it's a fun accent. Mhm. At times it can get on your nerves. Like at times this movie was like a little too much for me and I'm like I really wish there was just some like like Steve Buscemi doesn't have an accent. Well, he's not from that area. So like his lines I'm like, "Oh, it gave me it gave <laughs> me a little bit of a break." Sure. Well, I think it is an absurdist comedy. Right.
0: And, and so and so Everything should be a little bit bigger yeah. than it. Than it. I would just be. wish
1: it wasn't like everybody.
0: Sure, but, but i But it is everybody. But it's no yeah. different than you watch a movie in Boston or New York, and everybody. Yeah, but I hate. I, I know, but you have the same. That's yeah, the same like thing. I have the same problems with with movies
1: that take place in Boston.
0: Right, but I think we don't really watch absurdist comedies about Boston. Yeah, you know. So, but this one is they deliberately. Like jacking right. it up,
1: right? Right, and I and I understand that. But this this movie is very well written. It is very like it's very smartly written in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way kind of everything flows and everything kind of unravels together. I would I would place this dead solid in the middle. It's, it's uh, some people really love this movie. I could I could see somebody not liking it. It's a movie that's not for everybody. The Coen brothers do
0: not make movies for everyone. Right. Especially their comedies.
1: I would be hard-pressed to find... I'd be hard-pressed to think of a reason why somebody would hate it. I would agree with that.
0: I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. I I wouldn't know. Do you have fun facts about this movie?
1: Mm, Fargo? Yeah. No. There was actually no fun facts. Well, that's really upsetting. I'm sorry. My only fun fact was the fact... Was the... They were they were able to give a, their police chief and husband a backstory. They met when they were both working at the uh, police station. And when they got married, they decided someone to, had to quit. And she was the better detective. So wow. he went into painting.
0: That's cool. I yeah. like that.
1: I love that he just gets up
0: and makes her breakfast, even though she's got a leg. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. You know, I'll get up. I'll get up. It's, yeah, it's great. That was Drew Carey's brother from the Drew Carey show, right? I believe so, yes. I think
1: so. I can't remember the actor's name, but um okay, uh so the pregnancy belly mm-hmm. that um Frances McDormand had, she accidentally left out in the cold one night and it kind of exploded when they were shooting. Oh, when they were shooting? Yeah. Oh, that would have hurt. So, well, I, I I don't know like when they say exploded, I just imagine like stuff started leaking out. That's the not really silicone. an explosion. That's leaking, though. Yeah, imagining like what, a balloon popped. Yeah, I don't think that's ever how it happens. I don't know. We weren't there. Imagine your own events. I also I wonder because she's married to one of the Coens. Is she? I yes, know that. she is. Uh, at least I'm almost positive she is. And I'm wondering if they kind of met on this. That or... would have been a fun fact that you should have looked up. Uh, I did look up, and it said nothing. Trust mm-hmm. me, there there was some decent technical facts. But nothing that I would consider fun facts. Okay, maybe, I like fun facts. Maybe
0: maybe we have different ideas of fun facts. I like technical facts. Maybe I'll start
1: tweeting out facts after the. Episodes That's a good idea. Go That's a great idea. Yeah, I
0: like that. Okay, so let's move on to our final film, The English Patient, directed by Anthony Minghella, and also written by Anthony Minghella. It was based on the novel by Michael. Oh, jeez. I can't read my own writing.
1: That's a weird last name.
0: Ondaatje. Michael
1: Ondaatje? O-N-D-A-A-T-J-E. Well, Michael, if you're out there, let us know how to actually okay. properly pronounce that. I'll just mispronounce
0: all the other names, and that way he won't feel bad. <laughs> Ralph. Starring, <laughs> starring Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Julie Etty Bonocha. William <laughs> Defoe. <laughs> nah. William Defoe. Ah, ah. <laughs> no, it's well, it's Willem Defoe. It's not William. It's oh w, yeah, there it, we go. It, yeah, that's, go, go uh, yeah, go team. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not gonna do that. Ralph Fiennes, juliet uh Willem Defoe, Kristen Scott Thomas. Did you really call him Ralph again? Rafe, Rafe Fiennes. Okay, not bad. I was. <laughs> I got back into the. I got back into it. Anyway, the English patient is a story about a man, a lord, if you will uh who is working working for the military and he's doing some secret stuff during the war and uh this, this is before the war yes this is before the war he's doing some secret stuff and uh but um but when he is we unbeknownst to us in the film he is in a plane traveling back and he crashes and he gets all burnt up and crashed and gross and stuff. And he is, um, he kind of gets shuffled around and ends up in Italy in which he's cared for by this nurse. And they kind of unravel his story as the movie goes and the nurse starts to fall in love with him, but she doesn't know of his secret past and blah, blah, blah. This is the movie that you watched. Mm-hmm. Very recently, yeah, that's the movie. That's no, yeah, no, yeah, that's the movie. It, it's not.
1: It definitely is. Okay, so for one, it it's not unbeknownst. We see him crash in a plane and burn
0: up. Well, yes, that's true. But you, I mean, you don't know why he's in the plane right. or like what happened to the right. passenger or who that is. Like that's what I mean. Okay. Two, yeah. the nurse falls
1: in love with the bomb guy.
0: Yes she does but he all but he says to her like in that, he says to her before where he's like you know you love him don't you and she's like no i think she, she i wouldn't say she not doesn't fall in love with him but she like falls for him in a way that she cares for him more than just as a patient yes okay yeah okay i'll i'll rephrase i'll give I'll, you that i'll, I'll rephrase right cuz the bomb cause the the bomb guy you know she's like you know my mom always said that i'd you know Play the piano when someone, like, fall in love with me. And right. So, blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. Um, This movie won all the awards. All of them? Like, like it even won, Best
1: Animated Short? I think it won nine.
0: It won <laughs> nine. It won Best Supporting Actress. One. For Julia Binoche. She won Best Picture. Dose. Best Director. Three. Cinematographer. Four. Art Direction. Five.
1: Costumes, six. Editing, seven. Sound, eight, and music, nine. Yep, told you. Nine. nine awards. Editing. My first fun fact: This is the first movie to win the Oscar for editing that was digitally edited. Oh, really? Yes. They started. They started to edit it normally, mm-hmm. or how it was back then. Yep. And the editor had um, something happen. I think his son uh, became sick, or or had a broken limb. And he had to do the editing from home, so they went in to edit it digitally. Whoa,
0: that's crazy. Yeah. I think this is a beautifully shot film, especially when it comes to... The fact that
1: most of it's in a desert.
0: Yeah, because the desert shouldn't be pretty, but it is in this movie. I mean, like, this actually I was watching halfway through, because you know how I love Italy, and, you know, like I said, I've said in a previous episode, like, you can't make Italy look ugly. This movie made Italy look kind of ugly, <laughs> but made the desert look beautiful, <laughs> yeah. and I was really impressed with that. Like <laughs> super impressed with how they did that. I mean, and but it's like ugly by Italy standards. It's not like regular ugly. Well, it's,
1: it's really just like a a hollowed out um, mission. It's a mansion, I think. Is it a mansion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: although it could actually no, I think you're right. I think it is a mission because there's a chapel in yeah. there. Although I mean, you could be wealthy enough and have a chapel in your house. It it happens. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you don't have to be technically wealthy to do that. You could do it yourself. But my point because there are frescoes on the wall and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I enjoyed this movie very much, but I definitely felt like uh, Elaine in Seinfeld, where everyone was like, "I've seen it four times." You know why you know like mm-hmm. it felt it felt like a 90s movie if that okay. it definitely felt like this was made in the 90s and here's the love stuff mm-hmm. and here's the other stuff and some parts and characters aren't totally well explained or they're not developed very well and because we're trying it tried to do so much mm-hmm. in its time if that all make sense uh, i think i got kind of i got more into the film as it went on but i think it took a it took a little while for it to get there okay once the intrigue with finds his past started to kind of come into play or at least even when the affair kind of came into play more yeah. that became much more intriguing to me the, as a as a complete whole but until then it took it took a little too much time to start
1: exploring his past. I well, think. this movie clocks in at about two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, give or take. Um, the first cut of this film mm-hmm. uh, was four hours and ten minutes. Yeah. See, first cuts are deceiving,
0: though, because first cuts just mean that you're assembling all of the stuff that you, all mm-hmm. the stuff that you shot right. in sequence, in order. And so
1: every first cut is really long. But I kind of want to know like what that cut had um that this didn't. I would say it
0: definitely had development of Colin Firth's character, who was kind of like, i
1: um, it's me, I'm Colin Firth. That's my wife. Bye." <laughs> and then where'd you go? Colin Firth looked very different in this movie. Yeah. He's another one like we we associate with looking as a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Because he has for like the last decade and a half, he actually had a bigger build when he was younger. Yeah, like he's really skinny now, yeah. but he he had, he had a much what is that
0: much bigger build, but he was
1: fuller. Yeah, he definitely looked uh, different. Um, so it's funny, I I was expecting you to actually dislike this movie, and I don't know why. Why? Well, I think it was I think it was because of the Elaine thing. Like I could see you sitting sure. there going, I don't, I don't get why everybody loved this. I get it. It's not, if I saw it in a theater mm-hmm.
0: with people that also were loving it, I'd probably also love it. So
1: I watched this. I watched this over the course of a couple of days, just because okay. I didn't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mister, I had time.
0: <laughs> like at the beginning, now doesn't have enough time.
1: So, I, how do you think I like this movie? I thought
0: you loved the love stuff because it was a forbidden love, and that's the best kind of love in your eyes because, (laughs) because any story that you pinpoint where you, like, Love the love story. It's all, they can't be together, but they are anyway. Well, because
1: it reminds me of my life (laughs) with my future wife, Karen Gillan. Of course. Like, we just can't be together. Of course. But we both love each other. Exactly. So, this movie, as I'm watching this movie, I'm into it. And Mm -hmm. I'm, like, I'm really into it. Like, not just that, like, I knew about the love stuff... And before the love stuff even happened, I'm like, All right, I, I like how he's, I like how Ray Fiennes is playing this character. Mm-hmm. I really like Ray Fiennes, and I think we've been cheated that he's never played uh, Jack Kennedy, which is a thought that went through my head watching oh, this movie. Oh,
0: sure, I could, yeah, I can see it, sure. But he I can, think he's a
1: talented enough man, he could probably play anything he wanted. Yeah, he can ditch that accent um, very well. Mm-hmm. He does it in um, Quiz Show, which we'll be reviewing in a in an upcoming Ooh, season. Quiz show. Yes. right? Quiz show. The reason I came up with this concept for the for show. That's true. That's yeah. actually true.
0: That's right. I forgot about that. So
1: I found myself being pulled in and really drawn to this movie as it was going on. And this was without even the love stuff. Just the way the characters were, the way anyone that uh, Hannah remotely liked mm-hmm. died. Because she is a curse apparently. Apparently. Although
0: when she was like I need some," her friend was like, I need some money. Yeah. <laughs> like like okay, this is the part where I expect you somebody to die. Like, <laughs> let me just hand off some money hanging out the back of a truck yeah. while somebody's driving in a Jeep. But nope,
1: she gives her the money
0: and then she gets blown up. So she loses the money and a friend. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing to happen. I did like the kind of, like, almost cyclical nature of the bombs. Like, we get stuck because of a mine fire, and then, um, you know, like, they get stuck because of the mine, and then her 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 boyfriend almost dies because of the mine, and then, um, like, you have that parallel. And then you have uh, – oh, Ray finds his um, – uh his partner's name what's it? Maddox. Maddox. Um where she's I mean, spoilers for all these films, of course. We already said that. You know, where like she's she's stuck in the cave, but he's stuck in a hollowed out mission which is kind of like a cave and it has that kind of parallel going for it. Oh K. K, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his partner was Maddox. Yeah, I also watched this movie over the course of a couple of
1: days and yeah. I can't remember the names. Um so uh, you You had it there, but you didn't follow through. Mm -hmm. So you were saying how Hannah Hannah almost loses her new bow to a bomb. The bomb that literally has his name on it. Oh, I missed that. His name is Kip, and when they're reading off the serial number, it's K-K-I-P, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I totally missed that. The bomb literally
0: has his name on it. That's cool. That's cool. See, that's it's things like that that make
1: this movie win Best Picture. So, i i got I got into the movie, mm-hmm. and as the movie's going along, like I'm like, I really love this movie. Like, this movie's really good. Like, I can see why everybody really liked this movie. But at the same time, there's another part of my brain going, but I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know but i really like this movie i think
0: that's literally what ever happened to everybody yeah. in the late 90s everybody yeah. loved this movie i said to i actually just i just said to my my mother the other day where i said that i had to watch this movie for the show she's like oh, i love the english patient and i was like it's okay and she was like no no it's the I best will, i will give you up for adoption she was really <laughs> like i mean i'm I'm in my 30s, so please don't. But, you know, i want to have my dick racing in Batman forever. Okay. Um, but she she was like, no, it's great. And I was it like, is. no, it's it was good. And she's like, no, it's great. Like, she was ready to fight right. me. I would fight
1: someone that didn't like this movie. And I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly why. Like, I just, I think the love story is written weirdly. Really, I think the love story is done very well. I think the... The people that kind of flow in and out of the movie, like Willem Dafoe's character coming in, Mm -hmm. he was very good in this film. I mean, he's great in everything, but he was really good in this film. He was very good, but like him having a connection Mm -hmm. to the story, albeit a small one. Although, although he thinks something, while he's right in what the guy did, Mm -hmm. and it was funny to, and it was really good to see how they did that. Like the reason why he does what he does, yep. And it makes you sit there and go, "I don't know what I would do in that situation." Sure. Um, but he also thinks that he killed Colin Firth mm-hmm. and uh, Kristen thought Kristen-, Kristen Scott Thomas. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he tells him what happened, and while he is kind of to blame, he's not. Yep. So, I, th- I, you know, this movie. This movie does what it's supposed to do and it does it very well. I think it's it's very sweeping
0: film and you yes. kind of get caught up in the romance of it and not romance in the like the the conventional the, sense. The conventional sense but almost in the like in the way like the romantic in a romantic literature sense like um like the high not high adventure of it but the epicness of it in its own yeah. way. It, it to me it almost felt like this kind of like the intrigue of Lawrence of Arabia mixed with the doomed love of Romeo and Juliet, or Titanic, yeah. or something like that. It it feels very
1: fairy tale, very absolutely. Um, and, it's funny be, and it's funny because we, I commented that. Um, Titanic comes out literally the next year. Mm-hmm. And wins. And, and wins. so
0: it's like there's this period of filmmaking in which big sweeping historical romance is what people wanted.
1: Yeah. Because really, this is two back to back. Two in a row. Um, so uh, the facts that I have here is it took five hours every day to apply the burn makeup to Ray Fiennes because... Ray Fine's wanted the entire body done every day, regardless if they were shooting anything below the neck. That's crazy. And the burns yeah. were um, not only had to be medically accurate, but subtly reflect cartography. Yep, I got that, actually.
0: The lines in his face, absolutely. I totally see that.
1: Totally see that and at the beginning of the movie, when we see his plane get shot down, mm-hmm. the person that shoots down the plane is a tourist that they roped into doing that because they could not afford uh, any any more people. That's great. I love that actually. <laughs> I'm gonna go
0: so when I said there was two years of sweeping historical epics or whatever yep. that it, there's actually four years of it because if we go further up the timeline, it's Shakespeare in love. Okay. And then it's Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's The English, English patient, patient, and then the year before that is Braveheart.
1: Ooh, right. Braveheart is next year? Uh-huh. Ooh, yeah, nice. so that's
0: that's 4 years okay. of sweeping historical sweeping historical films that people are just really really into. Nice. And then 2000,
1: yep, it's just those years,
0: yeah, because 2000 doesn't hit those marks the same way, yeah,
1: yeah. All right, so we should get into our awards. So, um,
0: best actor goes to Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, you think so? I said, I'm gonna give it to Ray Fiennes, mm, yeah.
1: Now, I, I, I just really want Tom Cruise to have an award. You want Tom Cruise to have an
0: award. Yeah, he he's, he's been he deserves it. He's been working so hard for the money.
1: Oh, he so hard, hard for, for the money. money. Okay, so best actress. Best actress. Go ahead. want to see what you say?
0: I'm going to give it to Frances McDormand the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Hmm. Do we do supporting? We can this time if you want. It's our rules. We can do whatever we want. We,
1: we could, you know. I don't know who I would give best actress to. I I would probably say this is a very male centric bunch of movies. Y- yeah, like because I I definitely wouldn't give it to Renee Zellweger. No, she was good. She was fine. Um, I would say Juliette Binoche. Yep, she got best supporting. <sighs> okay,
0: because she was she was excellent. Yeah, and that that's who I think I would
1: still give my. Best Supporting to. See, I would probably give my Best Supporting to Frances McDormand. I realize she is the main mm-hmm. actress in that movie. I understand. But her role is a much more supporting role. I understand. So then
0: your Best Supporting Actor would go to... Out of all of these, I would still give it to Cuba. You would? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd give it to William H. Macy. Um, I could see that. Yep. Because he, he was my best. He was the best part of mm-hmm. it. And then best supporting actress, I'd still give it to Julia Binoche. Yeah, and I would give it to Frances McDormand. Okay, just because you're switching the categories, because our rules, we can do what we want, right? And then what else are our? What else we say? I think we did writing. Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it to Fargo. Okay, yeah, I'll I would definitely say give it to Fargo. I'll give it to Fargo, and then yeah. and then so the best picture, uh. and then goes to you first. English patient. Asian, I'm going to give it to the English patient. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite out of those films. Fargo takes it the cake for my favorite, but I recognize the cinema of English patient versus Fargo.
1: Yeah, I think technically English patient is a better movie than I'm just talking technical wise than anything else in this field. I think the writing, while I like Fargo's writing more, mm-hmm. I think the writing is still is still very above average. The acting is really good, and it, to me, this just feels like a a more complete movie. I thought I was going to end up giving it to Jerry Maguire. I really love Jerry Maguire, mm-hmm. um, but there was just some like there's something about the English Patient. No, yeah, that's that's not how that title goes
0: usually. No. Okay, so those are all those are all of. The movies. Next episode, this is what's coming up. you ready? Yep. Platoon. Hannah and Her Sisters. Ooh. A Room with a View. Children of a Lesser God. And The Mission.
1: I think I've not seen any. I think I've seen Platoon. You've never seen The Mission? Really? I've never seen The Mission. A Room with a View. No.
0: No? Helena Baham Carter. (gasps) yeah, there's a Helena Bonham Carter movie and Maggie Smith. Oh, they're, that's in the be same, so good. they're in the same. They're in the same. I'm just movie. calling it now. Room with a View wins. There's also a. There's also a movie with William Hurt. So take yeah, that. yeah, but t- that's the mission, isn't it? No, William Hurt. Oh, Hart that's and Hannah children, and her sisters. No, Children of a Lesser God. Oh. Hannah and her sisters is a, um, Woody Allen
1: film. Mm, God, I hope it's better than the last Woody Allen film. What's the last one? Uh, uh it's the one with Diane Keaton. It's the name of a person. Mm-hmm. Sure is. <laughs> it was in the 70s? Yep. Maybe gonna, 60s? I'm
0: going to let you sit in this for
1: a little while.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Think no. of it. Go ahead. No. No, you can do it. It's okay. I really can't. No, nope. it's Okay. Annie Hall. There you go. Nailed I knew, it. See, I knew you could do it. <laughs> I knew you could do it, and you didn't look it up at all. Actually, I did. not I'm really was impressed weird. with you. Yep, yeah. that's good. I knew you could do it. So, anyway, you can find us at Academy Rewind on Twitter and Gmail, and you can also find all other Thought Bubble audio shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. You can support us on Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us on all other places podcasts can be found. Until next time. I think they are starting to play us off.
1: No, I have so many more people to Oh, too bad. Bye. So, what do you want to see? How about sack lunch? How about the English patient? It's up for all his Oscars. Oh, come on, Lane. I mean, look at the poster for sack lunch. It's a family in a brown paper bag. <laughs>
0: English patient.
1: So do you think they got shrunk down or
0: is it just a giant sack? <laughs> what is everyone talking about?
1: The English patient, it's so romantic. God, that movie stunk. I kind of like No, you didn't. <laughs> Elaine, Elaine, did you just see The English Patient? Didn't you love it? No. How could you not love that movie? How about... It sucked. <laughs> that may I would give up my first one. him. Yeah, it's getting the short end of that stick. <laughs> the one for sack lunch. It's good, right? Yeah, good. Hey, what are you guys doing here? We just saw the English patient again. It's even better the second time. I make it longer? Elaine. <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> hey. hey. But to tell you the truth, Elaine, I don't know if I can be with someone who doesn't like the English patient. It's just a stupid movie. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, mate. Let's go. Enjoy sack lunch. I will. Rough night? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. My boyfriend dumped me. My friends who I don't even like, they won't talk to me all because I don't like that stupid English patient movie. Really? I thought it was pretty good. Oh, come on. Good? What was good about it? Those sex scenes. I mean, please, give me something I can use. Well, I liked it. you forgot about my piece of pie. Well, you know, sex in a tub, that doesn't work. That's not a productive meeting. I saw that English patient film last night. It was extraordinary. Oh, yes. It was so romantic. It ravaged me. (laughs) What did you think? Well, uh, actually, I haven't seen it, so I couldn't tell you whether I liked it or whether it really sucked. You haven't seen it? That's it.
0: Drop everything. We're going right now. Elaine, I hope you're watching the close because I can't take my eyes off others.
1: No, I I can't do this anymore. I can't. It's too long. Quit telling your stupid story about the stupid desert and just die already. (laughs) Die! You don't like the movie? I hate it. I'm going to hell. Why didn't you say so in the first place? You're fired. Great. I'll wait for you outside. He's gonna fire you.
0: Well, the only way I could talk him out of it was that I agreed to go and visit the
1: Tunisian desert. Tunisia. That's where they filmed the movie. It's supposed to inspire me. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. I have to live in a cave. Oh.